Welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's show, Rebecca interviews Lisa Pressman. Without further ado, here's The Lisa Show. Hello, and welcome to The Messy Studio, Cape Cod edition. I'm here at the 12th annual Encaustic Conference, and I'm here with Lisa Pressman. And she's a painter who works in many media, including encaustic and cold wax and oil. So um, welcome, Lisa. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I, I really like being in the car today. That's right. We are <laughs> sitting in the car in the parking lot of the Provincetown Inn because we know that cars are good recording studios. <laughs> That's right. And um, yeah, I, Lisa and I have been friends for quite a while, and uh, it's it's really fun to be here here at the at the conference and, and hanging out. So, Lisa, tell us a little bit about your background as an artist. Well, I um, I actually wanted to grow up and be a painter. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I did grow up and be a painter. <laughs> you did. I actually <laughs> wanted to grow up and be a potter, and I went to undergraduate school for ceramics. And um, when I went to the school, to Douglas College, which was part of Rutgers, um, the professors there were like, no, I think you need to make sculpture. So <laughs> I started making sculpture with clay and wood, and I applied to graduate school for sculpture, and I came out of graduate school as a painter ah. because a friend of mine, who I'm still friends with, um, next door was painting with oil paint, and she had this stuff next to it. I said, what's that stuff? She said, oh, it's it's wax. You know, you mix it in with the oil paint, hmm? and it makes it nice. It was and- the magic cold wax medium. <laughs> it, it was, <laughs> exactly. Um, so I came out of a graduate school as a painter, and um, I didn't want to teach, so I started waiting tables. Mm-hmm. Um, so I and what? So what? What was it that made you look for a, a that a job outside of art as opposed to teaching university? You know, I just didn't. I wanted to be an artist, uh, um, and I didn't. I wanted to go to work, make money, and be done with it. Uh huh. And not pretty, take it home with not you. Not take and, it home with me. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and so, um, what was it like, uh, waiting tables during the day or the night, whichever you did, and then doing your art the rest of the time? You know, it worked for me. Yeah. Um, especially when I had kids, because, you know, and they, I had a five year plan, so one was, you know, one was in kindergarten and the other one, so I, I had, I always had time to paint. Wait, they were five years apart? Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. And you planned that? Well, not really, but <laughs> it, it was a good plan, sort of. Um, and so when they went to school, and actually, kudos to my mother, because she also helped when they were little. She paid for them to go to daycare uh, so that I could paint. Yeah. Which, and I, I think it's an interesting topic uh, juggling all that and and still pursuing with your art. Well, that yeah, and that's yeah. what I did. I started showing right after uh, graduate school, you know, in, yeah. l- l- in New Jersey, and and then re- branching out when the internet kind of yes. popped up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so your your 
juggling all the the small children thing with making art with starting to show your work and um at that point how did you how did you view yourself i mean did you have a self image as an artist did you you see the road ahead or did you feel i'm just trying to make this work you know what i think i i always felt that i was an artist that i this yeah. is what i was supposed to be doing mm-hmm. um not the waiting the table yeah, right. part <laughs> um that, that took me a while to kind of say i'm done with this right because you're letting go of that paycheck and those tips and that's that could be a scary moment it was extremely scary um and i had a good gig i mean i worked in a restaurant i quit my job eight years ago so i worked in a restaurant for 14 years oh and and i think that's interesting because this this was up until eight years ago yes and you've been you know you've been successful with exhibits and all kinds of things all that time yeah yeah. So again, interesting. I know a lot of people who are, who are trying to make it work and they're struggling with how do I make money? How can I find time for everything? You had children, a job, made art, and you did things with your art. Yeah. You're a Wonder Woman. Oh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, multitasking is, uh, but, but you know, um, the waitress part uh, taught me so much hmm. about multitasking, hmm. and I actually think, actually one of my students said this to me, but I teach like I used to wait tables. Oh, tell us about that. <laughs> well, <laughs> Will it, you have fries with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but it is. It's like, well, well ta- that table over there, whoever that student is, she needs, she needs more water. And that, that oh. table over there in the corner, she's in her group. They're, they're having a conversation, so I don't need to bother her. It's reading, it's reading oh. the room. Yeah. Is really what it is. And so, and individuals, because when you're waiting tables, they're on dessert. They want the check. They're pissed off at each other, you know. Yeah. And it, and when you're teaching, you're reading your students. Like, yeah. what do they need? What are really they want? valuable skill. It is because it part of teaching is is people management. <laughs> yes. And so so that brings me to the other thing that you do a lot of now, which is teaching workshops, and um, you do many. Uh, how many do you do in a year? Do you know? At least twelve. Yeah. One um, month. Yeah, one a month. And then, you know, I was teaching in New Jersey for 10 years once a week in mm-hmm. six week cycles. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I don't do that anymore. But, um, you know, so when I quit my job eight years ago, it's probably nine now, but I'm going to stick with the eight. Um, <laughs> I, I gave my, my mother had given some money out to the, her kid, to the four kids. And I gave myself a quote unquote grant. Yeah. So, so that I didn't work. And I tried to figure oh. out how, you know, I marketed the teaching because I had already started teaching. Mm-hmm. And I realized that it was something I could do and that I liked to do. Uh-huh. So I spent a year kind of figuring out, you know, what I wanted to teach and that kind of thing. Um, and then slowly it grew. I had, yeah. a, I had a friend who recommended me. Too. Well, who was that? That would be you. <laughs> artists help artists. We were we were Facebook uh, blog friends. Yeah, yeah, and I um, uh, they were uh, looking for somebody to teach mixed media, 
at Colloey Mountain Arts, where I had started teaching. So I didn't really know you personally, but I had seen a video of you doing this, and uh, so I recommended you, and the rest is history. The rest is history. <laughs> I, I taught in caustic that year. Yeah. Oh, was it? Okay. And then you and I talked about, you know, I say I do this other thing, and, oh, okay. you know, how we're going to so, have stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's really where we met, and we taught uh, a number of years at the same time, more or less. Or We know, tried to. We stayed in the cabin, <laughs> and we chased off the snake, and all that stuff. So, yeah, we have we have a good history, and... Um, and tell us a little bit about, I know you don't just teach one topic. I mean, we just mentioned encaustic and uh, mixed media. So it's interesting that you, you have different areas that you specialize in with media. So a lot of the teaching has been using um, oil paint because, I again, I've been using oil paint for years. Um, and you, then... I, I'm a material person. I love materials. So drawing materials mm-hmm. and, and then, you know, the cold wax medium. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. You know something about that. Uh, so I, I'm really interested in what people, how, what people are inspired by and how to get them to, to, to do that in the work. Yeah. And do you find that certain people, haven't found quite their medium yet. I mean, there's, I think there's kind of a moment when people find their medium or their media and what, what are they going to do with it? Right. Cause you can struggle a lot with something that isn't quite right for you. Yeah. I'm, there's absolutely people who, uh, you know, they're trying to do something and I'm like, you know what? This is not the medium for you. Yeah. You, you're going to learn from me, but right. you so need you, to be doing this or that. So you always in your, as an artist, you're looking for how to best kind of exploit the medium that you're working with and work with it and not try to force it to do things it doesn't really want to do. Which is why I really um, enjoy having, at this point, I have two practices in the uh-huh. studio. I, you know, I do the encaustic painting and then I use oil paint. Yes. And I, um, I don't know how to explain it, but... They, they kind of cross over at some point. I do things in the oil paintings now that I'm, that I was doing using encaustic. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting to be mm-hmm. able to scrape in and, but the whole lineage of what I do really goes back to the clay almost. And that's so interesting. Yeah. So you, and you did move away from clay. So there was something about clay that wasn't quite doing it for you. Was it a lack of image or, I mean... Uh, you know what? It, it was graduate school when, oh. when <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I probably would still be using clay in some, making sculpture. But uh-huh. but what happened was my sculpt, uh, teacher, my sculpture teacher said, why are you using clay? Why don't you use plaster and cheesecloth? And uh-huh. I was like, okay. And then I made these sculptures and I'm like, I hate these. <laughs> I, and then, then I found the painting, and yeah. and then it was color. Yes. Then, I, then it was the color that really. I see, and and your work does deal a lot with color. Oh, probably always has. Then the, from from that point, but yeah. I never had color theory because they never taught that when we went to school in the seventies. Right, I I never had um, color theory either, so I often just say. You know, people think it's a very difficult topic, and it is kind of, you know... It can be. Yes, it can be, and it it can be very scientific and intimidating. And my bottom line usually is there's a lot about it that's intuitive. If you 
kind of tune into that. Do you agree with that? Or? I, I do, but um, like learning from Richard Firmers from um, RNF, we, we talked a lot about transparency and opacity. Yes. And that really changed my whole way of thinking about painting. Right. And that, that quality, transparency and opacity, is probably the thing that people are least aware of. And, and, and thinking, oh, I have to work with color. People are thinking of the hue and the, maybe the warm and cool or the value. But, you know, I find in teaching painting with cold wax medium that that is so key for those layers and working with that. Certain paints have that transparency. Certain ones are very opaque and there's some in between. That's right. And I often have to explain this carefully in a workshop and, and direct people to bring all kinds of different varieties of paint because a lot of people have just never realized that. I, I, I actually decided I have, um, organized my paints in my studio by transparent and opaque. Uh-huh. And then with the pigment sticks, which those of you who know what they are, um, you really can't tell after you've used them what they are. Right. So it's true for paint tubes sometimes uh, too. Right. Especially <laughs> yours. Um, transparent cools are in one box. My transparent warms are in another. Mm-hmm. So that uh, when I'm thinking, you know, I need a contrast or I want to lay a glaze and I want it to be transparent, mm-hmm. then, then I can just go there rather than Look, yes. While looking for everything. Right, because if you're if you're only sorted by color, then you have to add that other step. That's and, right. And um it it becomes intuitive. I mean it becomes pretty easy. But I know it's a learning curve when you first start and I'm I'm glad you brought that up. So that's that's all good information about color and it's part of what you teach in your workshops, I'm sure. Yeah, I go for color and I'm I'm really trying to cover a lot of two dimensional design elements, um, mm-hmm. you know, within the context of learning a new medium. I well, just... It's always a lot. You know, I find teaching beginners about techniques of cold wax and then, uh, oh, and also we're going to get in some composition and all that. It's it's a big package and um, a lot to organize, really, I think. It is. And I, I've been thinking more and more about separating um doing a class or something with really addressing um pr- the principles cuz it's so important what i what i find is uh that i think students have to understand that art making it's a language mm-hmm. so when you go to learn spanish or french you just don't start speaking it you have to learn the alphabet yes you do and you have to learn the all the, you know, the whole thing before you can have a conversation. And I think that's part of what is missing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I always think there's so much about doing art that involves patience. And part of that patience is you're not going to get it all at once. And it might take several workshops or, you know, several semesters at college or whatever you're doing. Or a lifetime. Or or a lifetime (laughs) to even, like, get some traction going, you know. Um, and I know I know another thing that you're sort of known for in your workshops and things is mark making. So um, spon- spontaneous mark making is important. Yeah, I think that um, getting out of your head is really important. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you got to learn the language, 
but you can also not you don't have to you can learn it and then not learn it unlearn it and so um it's one of those interesting dichotomies and i know another thing you say is um find it and lose it yeah it's there's always I, i think there's so many interesting back and forth things like spontaneity and control that's right uh formal and informal and so it's um it is such a it's hard to teach that stuff. Let's just say that. And it's, I think it's, um, the whole thing about the, the little darlings. The little darlings. You know, it's like. We hate them, right? Oh, I cover them up. Yes. Bye bye. Yes, you have to. You have to say, you have to, I say, walk away, Renee. You know, walk away from <laughs> the. Tell me you sing that. I don't class. sing it. No. Oh, okay. I'm not known for a good voice, but, um, it's, it's the get rid of the darlings, cover it over. Walk away from the painting, mm-hmm. you know. And and for those of us who aren't picking up what little darlings are, uh, those parts of the painting that, that you love, you love, they're they become very precious. And there's something about the techniques that you and I both teach of layering, layering, um, lots of interaction on the surface. Right. So your surface can become absolutely intricate, beautiful, and little things can happen that you think. That is so special. I must keep it. Yeah. And then you work around the whole little part. And at the end, that has to go. That usually goes bye-bye. Right. And often when you decide to let go of that little bit, it all comes together. The other thing that I like to say, and I'll see if I can say it, because I never say it the same way. You couldn't be where you are if you weren't where you were in the painting. You couldn't be where you are if, if you, you weren't where you were. So it's all part of the process. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I did follow that, actually. <laughs> yeah. Even though I haven't had quite enough coffee. Yes, that made sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's an interesting way to teach. It is. It's Yes, because you're coming at it from a point of view that you've gained through experience of doing things like keeping little darlings and not walking away, Renee, or whatever, and stencils. That it, it's sort of, I often feel like I'm saying, just trust me. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because people, many people resist, they resist the process because the process, when as you explain it or try to explain it ahead of time, doesn't really make sense No, if you haven't done it. And so it's kind of a leap of faith to say, I'm going to try it. And it's also like, don't rush your paintings. Yeah. You know, like, Patience. like, don't, don't make a painting tip. Like, you're not making a painting right now. You're oh. just, you're just, you're building a surface. You're just playing, you know, you yeah. just eventually, hopefully, you know, the painting will, you'll talk back. It'll have a conversation. You'll have a conversation yeah. with it. And what, what, uh, what do you say? This is a very common um, experience at a workshop, and someone will say, "I, I don't, I don't know what to do next. I love what I have now, and I, I, I know it's not done, but I'm afraid to wreck it." And I know you have some good advice. So, and this, this was actually, I'm going to credit Jake Grossberg, who was my sculpture teacher. Ah, he, he, I thought you came up with that one. No, it was him. Um, okay. And I was doing something in the studio, and I was being really, you know, careful, careful and timid. And, yeah. he, and he was like my, he would go, boobala. <laughs> <laughs> What's boobala? You know, it's like, you know, 
like affectionate uh, Jewish, term. yeah, yeah, okay, uh, you know, and he'd say, "You're not, you know, you're not making bombs here. <laughs> it's just, a, it's just a, you know, cheesecloth and or you yeah. know, it's just you're just, just stuff, just you're stuff. With. It's okay, you know, <laughs> like." It's okay, and I, I've always said that. I yeah, think that's a great... And it, it really gets to the heart of it. It's not going to blow up in your face. It's right. not critical. It's just, at its essence, it's play, and play in the best sense of the word, experimentation, approaching things very freely, not worrying, um, and but also bringing some thought to it. And that's the balance that's kind of hard sometimes. How about this one, Rebecca? All right, I'm ready. How do you know when the painting's done? That's another one. That what often I say out. when you're in my workshop, okay. I will tell you. <laughs> but when they ask me that for myself, funny. you know, what I like to say is, um, you know, it's got to, you got to look at it. Mm-hmm. Workshop. Give it some time. You, you know, it's got to, yeah. it's got to, you know, yes. open up and breathe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It usually takes some time to know. And, and often we think they're done and they're not. So that's pretty common, right? The other, the, I like a couple of things I've, uh, picked up. Um, oh God, I have to remember. Is there anything else you would do to it? Like what else, what oh, would you do to this? Yes. And, right. and if there's nothing, then it then, must be done. Or let it sit. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and then the editing. I think editing is editing like is super so important. important. Yeah, and it is, and it is very much like a writer editing That's a right. paragraph. Exactly. It has to make sense. You want to cut out what isn't important, uh, ruthlessly, really. Like a good editor will rearrange or cut out things that are not needed. That's right. And you can do that, you know, you can put your hand over a col- you know, this area and say, "Do I need that?" Yes. Yes or no, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you don't, bye-bye. Right. And again, letting go of y- your darlings and your whatnot. And um uh and I know there's another great Lisa line because you're kind of known for your lines, honestly. Uh what else have you got? <laughs> Which I, I love. I didn't know I said that. It's, I, I've heard you say it, and people say, "Oh, Lisa says, what else have you got?" <laughs> so it's <laughs> like hilarious. somebody keeps doing the same thing. Maybe that you've worked with them before, and you're like, um, "Can you move on here? <laughs> have you got something else that you wanted to?" <laughs> I, I know I am. I I definitely am known for more paint. Yes, more paint is another one. Like like I just die when people put out these little tidbits of paint. I'm like, do yes. you think you're going to make a painting with that? Right. Yeah. One of the ground rules in teaching, you know, in the way I teach and you teach is you don't put every color out. No. You take a selection, maybe warm and cool, transparent, opaque, something, three or four colors, and you, you mix up a nice, solid, juicy pile. And that that's very freeing because then... Part of your brain is, oh, I, I should use that paint up. Oh, well, absolutely. Nobody wants to waste it. It's and also so, like you're painting, so are, you got to use paint if you're going to paint. That's another good line. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to compile the 25 great sayings of Lisa Pressman here. Oh my god! <laughs> then you can stop teaching and just, you know, people can just email and you pass out the That's 25 it, I great. Could, I sayings. could do the book. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, I we're kind of joking, but these are all. They're hard, hard won lessons, and you have been there, and you have worked oh, your way yeah. through it. And as instructors, we try hard to convey the things that we've built up over the years, and we've we've learned. And you know, 
we do have some wisdom. So um, at the same time, I can remember starting out, and you probably can too, like you just told the story with your instructor, and you, you're easily intimidated or lost or questioning or telling yourself you could never do this and all that stuff. You know? I mean, I still say that. Yeah. yeah. In my studio. I, yep. You know, I have days where I'm like, really? What am I doing here? Yeah. Like, why am I doing this? And, yeah. But I know why I'm doing it, because I couldn't do anything else. <laughs> Except for wait tables, which I'm getting... Well, wait tables plus painting. <laughs> I don't think waiting tables would really do it for you. No, I'm I'm done. <laughs> I am, I have put that baby down to rest. Absolutely. Uh, and that is that is a significant move. So this has been um, a lot of ideas about teaching that we've been talking about. What do you what do you get from it? We've talked about what you try to convey to your students, but you personally, what do you get from it? I'm so grateful actually to be doing what I'm doing because um I have learned so much more about art making. Mm. Because I've had to, I have to express it. I have yes. to verbally teach Articulate. it. So that has really made my own work and my own thinking about my own work much more specific. Mm-hmm. I love traveling and yes. I can't afford to travel, really. Uh-huh. So I try to pick places where I want to go. It's wonderful for it's, that. Uh, yeah. yeah. And you do, I mean, you have a, a very strong following, so... You can. You can well, it's people. taken. It took five or oh, yeah. six years to get this thing going. Yes. But um, and I meet fabulous people, and I'm students. I mean, yes, because what happens is uh, students come. I learn from them as much as they learn from me, yeah. and, and about all kinds of things. Right. I have the same experience sometimes, especially. You know, I'm quite. Um, I'm not. I, I like my work to be finely tuned. It's sort of, it's, it's, um, subtle, yeah. finely tuned work. And sometimes when I've been teaching and I watch people with that exploratory experimental attitude and they're really, it's all new to them, it's really refreshing. And I, I can come back to my own work and with a little more energy or something. Well, it was like when you and I did the paintings together and yeah. switched. Yeah. All of a sudden I had your painting in front of me and I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't want to. I have to come at it like Rebecca. And you yeah. went on my painting. Went. <laughs> so it's good to you know have a different. Yeah. And what what Lisa's referring to there is um, when we were both teaching at Cullowee, there was a time when we, our classrooms were right next to each other, and I think we've done it more than yeah, once. Yeah. And we just would have a each have a painting. We'd start the painting in front of all our students, our combined students. And then we'd say to them, somebody call out change when you want us to switch. So they, you know, that's fun. So somebody would say change and then we'd just hand each other the painting we'd been working on. And, um, so apparently I was more, um, brutal. (laughs) You had the, you had the pressman approach and I had the crow approach, which, you know, was quite foreign. Well, I think I think you gave me that freedom when I saw yours to just you know go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that is a really interesting exercise anyone could do with the friend an art friend is and and you could um, determine some point that was going to be changed. Maybe you set the egg timer or something, or your phone. That's more modern, right? And uh, 
and then uh, when the dinger goes off, you switch, and it's really interesting. Well, I actually did a collaborative project with Sarah Mast. You did? Yeah, where she she was doing a uh, installation about the cave painting, but cave paintings. She started some paintings, and she sent them to me, mm-hmm. and then I worked on them, and I sent them back to her. Uh-huh. And it was called, it's called Two Painters Talking. Yeah. And we, we still are going to continue that. Yeah. And it's, and I think that's a great, that's a great way of energizing your work and seeing how other people see you visually. Yeah. Because like you might put a red mark where I would never, ever put a red mark. Right. And, and I might get some tiny little, intricate detail where you probably wouldn't and so yeah you learn from each other that way absolutely and sometimes i know in workshops i don't really do it in mine but i know sometimes instructors have their students change paintings right right i've done that you've done that yeah Yeah, i have them go mark everybody's paintings up they freak out yeah or or, usually those are the best paintings yeah or pass everybody starts one and passes it around by the time it gets back to them it's very different yep yeah, it's a, and it's a all good those lesson. things are ways of, and you know, on the other hand, because there's always these dichotomies or dualities, you do want your own personal voice, and you do want to say what you want to say. So these are just exercises, maybe to loosen up, broaden your. But it also helps to specify when something comes back to you, and you've got whatever you've got there, and you hate it. Yeah. That that well, that's informative. It is very much. Yeah. It's very informative. Yeah. It tells you what you have to have in your work. The other thing I was going to say, though, about the teaching um, is I um, I love to look at art. Yeah. So every time I go, usually I go to a museum. You know, oh, I, when I, you travel, when I'm traveling, I go. To I've sleep. noticed that when you you put these on Facebook, you're in wherever it is, and you've been to the museum, and yeah, it, yeah. it's just great. And then I've made some great connections. Yeah. So um, I'll just. I I had a student um, in Kansas City, and I always ask everybody what do they do, and she says, "Oh, I, you know, I'm a curator." Oh, where? Yeah. Oh, at the Mulvane Art Museum in um, at the what museum? Mulvane in, Mulvane in, in Art Topeka, okay. Kansas. Uh huh. I said, "Oh, hmm, that's on my list." You know, I yeah <laughs> like to have a museum show, <laughs> and then then we went on, and and I did my PowerPoint at the end of the class and of your work of my work and i will be having a show at the mulvane art museum very good april congratulations 2019 so some some fun things happen just like they do they do there's really some good connections um and lots of good conversations i mean one of the things i love to do i know you do this too is really have one-on-one conversations with people where you, you know, you get past just roving around the room and saying this or that, but you really focus on them for a period of time. And it's so interesting. It's really my favorite part of teaching is getting a little bit into it, you know, past the surface and where the idea is coming from, what's important in your work, what do you want to do with your work? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's really, yeah. So, um, I think we're kind of wrapping up here. Okay. Is there anything else that you want to leave people with as far as, uh, your work? What are you doing now or anything coming up? Well, I am going to be in a show at Addington Gallery in Chicago in yeah. July. Oh, this July? Yeah, with oh, Jeff Hurst and a couple other people, good. I believe. Yeah. And then um, I'll have a show in New York at the Susan Neely Gallery in November. 
Well, always New York shows have a certain impressive quality. We love that. <laughs> and um, and then the the basically what I'm focusing on in terms of the, my work is the work for. Uh, the, for the show. For the museum, museum show. show. Yeah. And uh, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, it's been great talking to you, Lisa. Yay! All right. So we're going to we're gonna get out of the car and go back into the Encaustic Conference and see what's happening. All right. All right. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Well, that about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. Make sure to check out www.coldwaxbook.com and www.rebeccacroll.com and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your own creative space messy or otherwise.